Good morning. This is Driving Theology. And what day is today? February something. I think this is the first Wednesday of February. No, probably second. Huh? I don't remember. First or second Wednesday of February. Wow, I'm really off. Uh, probably the second. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful sunny day. We are having really warm weather, um, seasonably warm weather for Japan this time of year. Sometimes this time of year we get a even a snowy day here or there, but I kind of doubt we'll have anything like that this year. It's just too warm. I talked to my friend who's a farmer yesterday and he said that um, that the uh, the bugs uh, didn't die because it hasn't been cold enough and so they're eating the, the leaves of his lettuce he's an organic farmer and so he doesn't use uh, I guess inorganic pesticides, I don't know how he does it but anyway he doesn't use chemicals so it's something he's he has to watch and keep track of and he's very aware of <clears throat> but uh yeah it's really warm this year uh I really thought by now we'd be going the other direction because it's kind of been warmer in Japan at some point you hope that you know the, the scales would tip the other direction but I I I have been uh reading uh an author I say have been reading an author. I, I read a book by this author. I don't know how many how many years ago it's been now, but it's maybe even up to ten. I don't know. Anyway, the book was called 1491, uh, and it's a history of the America the Americas pre-Columbus uh, invasion or pre-Columbus exchange, whatever you want to call it, um, before Europeans uh, invaded and colonized. Um, North, Central, and South America. Anyway, uh, great book, really wonderful read, very eye-opening. Um, and he put out a second book called 1493, which is basically, I think, going to be a book that documents the effects of the Columbus Exchange um, <clears throat> on, uh, on the Americas. Anyway, I've listened to a couple podcasts. I, I know I've talked about him a little bit, but I, I just got his, his second book, 1493, and I'm excited to start reading that soon. He couldn't choose 1492 because that's already a title of a, uh, probably several other history books. So he went with 1493, and I'm sure he'll explain why he did that in his preference, but in his pref preface. Um, Anyway, I uh, just, just got that book, so I'm excited to read that. And, and in, in the uh, lectures that I listened to on YouTube about the book, uh, the author, I think his name is Charles Mann, M-A-N-N, Charles C. Mann or something like that. Uh, he, he talks about the, uh, uh, the effect that uh, the Columbus, 
Columbus Exchange had on global warming in the 15th, 16th, 17th centuries uh, around the world. Uh, and it's fascinating stuff. I can't remember if I talked about this in a podcast already. It kind of sucks because I, I went through several podcasts this morning. I'm finally uploading some of them. Sorry it's taken so long. Uh, I was kind of uh, kicked in the butt uh, this morning or, you know, convicted that I should get back on with that. So I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But anyway, I, to make a long story short, I have been convinced that global warming is is a thing of recent. Um, and it's mostly because of this author who I appreciate and, and his bringing up some very uh, important cases where um, the decrease of carbon dioxide in, in the atmosphere uh, created a colder earth suddenly in other places. Now, interestingly enough, you wouldn't necessarily say it was positive because the bitter cold that, that Europe experienced called, called the Mini Ice Age uh, in the 1700s, uh, you know, caused its own problems, right? It caused a lot of problems itself. But it does show that, that you know, when human behavior is altered, whether consciously or, or by catastrophe or whatever, uh, what they do in the world makes a difference in the weather. Uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty compelling, like, his, his argument. Um, and I know there's some other factors that I, I, I haven't studied it enough to be able to tell you uh, to believe it or not. I'm just going that direction. That's all I can say. Um, however, the fact that global warming and and global cooling has happened in the past does give me hope that that you know a few good moves here and there, mankind can make a difference for the better, uh, and probably is already doing so. It's just there's there's a bit of a uh, inertia effect. I have a feeling where even if we make moves today, we may not see the result of those moves for 20 years. <clears throat> um, it's not like it's a light switch. It's a, you know, there's a continuum uh, of, of uh, you know, it's, it's a very fluid kind of system, in other words. Um, a lot of factors have to work together to bring about change uh, to bring about real change and we we just may not see it immediately but for example you know controlling the emissions of automobiles in the 80s 90s and, and into this millennium uh, probably are having a better effect I would think probably have have caused things to swing in a positive direction um, we just are not quite seeing it yet uh, you know it's 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 not like I said it's not like a, a light switch you know flip it on or off uh, but it's more like you, you're going to notice it gradually and gradually. And the, the momentum still could be going, even though we've made moves to change it, the momentum still, the curve still may be rising, but it's rising slower and slower. And at some point, it may reverse its direction and start going down. So, you know, it's something like that. Um, uh, like throwing a ball. You know, you, you throw a ball and you put a lot of power on it. But because of gravity, slowly... Uh, the curve uh, becomes less and less until finally it changes direction and heads toward the earth instead of toward the sky. 
thinking kind of like football, you know. Um, and that's because the you know the speed is not there, but it may look like it's still rising and continuing continuing to go up. But when when all actuality uh, the the speed is decreasing and gravity is having more and more a pull uh, to bring it down to earth, and so that's kind of the thing I'm, I'm thinking that that these kinds of uh, these kinds of dynamics that happen with with uh, climate change is probably something more like that. <clears throat> We have to be patient to see the effects. Now, you know, the fires in Australia, for example, uh, are have been putting more and more stuff into the atmosphere, right? And those are all natural fires, from what we can tell. Not to mention uh, the multiple volcanoes that have erupted and do erupt around the Earth uh, at any given moment. Um, those put a lot of stuff in the air and can have an effect uh, on climate. <clears throat> So, in a sense, I, I believe now uh, that humans do affect climate change, uh, but at the same time, I'm filled with, with hope that, that we can have a positive effect, and that, and that, you know, of course, my faith in God also believes that, that he, uh, He's working to make things better all the time for us and, and everyone around us. You might have noticed I, my voice is a little, I don't know, different. I do have a cold. Uh, got through the flu season. Well, ho hopefully I'm going to get through the flu season without, the, without getting the flu, which I had last year. Uh, but I did get a cold the last three or four days. <clears throat> uh, so I told you that something had prompted me to, to go ahead and, and get my butt in gear and get those podcasts posted. Uh, I got a message from my daughter this morning. My daughter is a college student uh, in St. Charles, Missouri, and she's a coffee lover and a barista, and, and uh, she, she enjoys all of, that, all of that world. She's done it professionally. Right now she's not working as a barista, but she's done that job, and she's worked in our cafe as well. And you may know that I roast coffee and, and, and am a partner in a cafe. So anyway... When she went back for Christmas to the States, we sent her with three bags of coffee uh, as gifts for, for various uh, of our fam various family members. One bag she gave to my niece, uh, Jessica. And Jessica goes to a church that has a coffee ministry. And she knows some guys who do a, a coffee podcast. So I'm going to give a shout out right now. Uh, now I have to remember... Uh, the Brewing Narrative. Great name, by the way, guys. The Brewing Narrative uh, may be uh, tasting my coffee on their podcast. Their podcast is a is a um, spiritual as well as coffee podcast. Um, so hopefully uh, you guys will um, be tasting my coffee. So I think I'll talk about that coffee right now. I, <clears throat> I'm still fairly new at roasting it so it's been less than two years uh, and probably a little over a year since we've been uh, only selling the coffee we roast at our cafe we we started out using a reputable roaster while we kind of learned the craft and at one point we felt like you know that we could offer our coffee only so we do that now 
But that being said, I only, it's a very small cafe. I only roast twice a week at the most. And so I'm, I'm not a very confident roaster yet. Uh, and you know, besides that, I'm involved in everything else. I've got so many things that I do. Uh, my personality is such that I just kind of take a shotgun approach to life and I don't mean destructive I mean I mean multiple angles and and, and activities and so <clears throat> I uh, I'm a I'm an English teacher right been teaching English 25 years but my background is actually in music so I'm a professional musician uh, and uh, I teach some university classes as an adjunct uh, professor. I, I shouldn't even call myself a professor, but uh, anyway, some kind of an English teacher at university. I've taught high school, junior high. I'm on my way to a kindergarten right now to teach English to kids. Uh, I use a variety of different textbooks, but I also use a lot of music in certain kindergarten classes. And, play the guitar um, uh, but yeah I still sing professionally but I also do some raft guiding on the side and and I have a lot of side jobs and I also smoke meat for the cafe so um, <clears throat> for our pulled pork sandwiches so one of my hobbies is meat smoking which I've been doing for probably almost 30 years now uh, and I'm I just have all kinds of hobbies I recently even bought a toy train for no apparent reason except I'm interested in it so <laughs> uh, what, I, what I'm trying to say is I'm I'm a distracted coffee roaster at best and so I, I try to I try to roast good coffee but I can't say that it's 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 my only passion in life unfortunately I, I'm, I have a lot of different passions and so I bring all of that to whatever I do um, Uh, yeah, I don't know if you call me a, a renaissance man or a, a hopeless romantic or whatever, but but I, I enjoy being create creative and and in the outdoors in all kinds of ways. Uh, and yeah, so I, I guess this is my disclaimer on the coffee, guys. If if if. Uh, you love it, then I'll take full credit. If you don't, uh, yeah, I, I'll still take credit. <laughs> but it may not be what you're used to. It's it, I wouldn't call myself a an, an expert roaster yet. Um, so enjoy the coffee. Hope you hope you liked it, and and I'm going to enjoy your podcast. I'll listen to uh, a couple episodes today. I'm sure I started listening this morning when uh, I got word from my daughter that you guys might be trying my coffee so uh, the <clears throat> the coffee is Coral Mountain uh, from Costa Rica and it is not a specialty coffee uh, it's a bit lower grade than that you know a specialty coffee is a very specific uh, cupping point you know from 80 80 points or higher uh, my guess is that it's pretty close to that uh, but it may not consistently be in the specialty coffee range and so uh, we, we've mostly been roasting non-specialty coffees in order to you know kind of get get some experience before we uh, you know 
pay that much money for the specialty beans, uh, which are more expensive to get here uh, in Japan since there are no local beans grown at all and the distance is pretty far from any growing area. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Enjoy the coffee. Uh, hope you guys like it, and I, I hope you taste something that's that you like in it. Um, wish I could give you a, a more nuanced, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, a more nuanced appeal to the coffee, but um, it's been a popular coffee in our cafe. That's that's the best I can say. Uh, if I were at the cafe, I would have made me a cup of the Costa Rica. I didn't have any at home. I would have made me a cup yesterday or this morning and tasted it and then try to give you a more uh, nuanced opinion of the notes and things like that. But I'd love to hear what you guys taste or tasted in it. Uh, and I will uh, take your... Um, yeah, take your uh, criticisms and, and work harder. Yeah. So thanks for doing that. Thanks, Jessica, for uh, giving them some of your coffee and hope they enjoy it. So, <clears throat> anywho, uh, yeah, this is kind of a random catch up kind of podcast. About 25 more minutes or less. So, yeah, uh, something that's been going on this week is uh, at the college, just, I guess, on the west side of the college, there's a nine-hole golf course. The, the university where I work used to be an entire golf course, 18 holes or whatever, and then half of it was sold off to, to make the university, and so that's where the university is. Uh, the other half, they're doing some construction and building some kind of a museum or some kind of a little park on the grounds and anyway they cut down a bunch of trees um, that were there to make space and a lot of my friends are <clears throat> uh, wood stove uh, people they've got wood stoves in their homes and so uh, we I've got a chainsaw my other friend has a chainsaw and we've all got axes and so we went over there to uh, to uh, get some of these logs uh, to process into either wood for for wood burning stoves or for me it's for the smoker. So we got a lot of cherry blossom and things like that. So there were four or five of us over there one morning, just going crazy with the uh, chainsaws and hauling wood. Man, it was heavy stuff. That, that wood is, especially freshly cut wood, is, is still dense with water, still heavy with water, and that water weight really adds to the weight of the wood. Um, it was hard to haul around and I got real sore and at one point almost broke slash ripped off a finger I don't know what could have happened if it were worse but I pinned my finger up against a log with a really heavy log right at the edge of it and man it's still hurting and that was on my hand that I <clears throat> maybe fractured while I was skiing so my left hand is a little bit sore I'm still feeling that pain in my ring finger it's right right on my ring finger that it happened uh, but anyway we've been processing wood and and storing up wood you know for uh, 
for the future. You you can't burn wood that's freshly cut. Obviously, it has to be uh, cut into stove-sized bits and then split so that the air can get around the wood so it'll dry faster and then stacked in a fairly dry place so the, the wood will dry to the point where you can burn it uh, in about a year or depending on you know weather conditions and whatever um, but it takes a while you have to you have to burn the wood or sorry you have to you have to process the wood way before you can use it and so you need storage space um, <clears throat> to, to store this wood uh, and you have to keep it somewhat dry so anyway that's what we were doing uh, and uh, wood burning stove guys obviously instead of buying wood would rather process it themselves or something manly about uh, cutting logs and splitting wood and and uh, it's 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 something fun that I don't think girls would ever understand <laughs> as far as I know but there there's something uh, satisfying about the whole process of you know getting your own wood cutting it splitting it uh, drying it and then burning it <clears throat> and maybe it's just an excuse for guys to get out of the house uh, it's a possibility um, but we did that uh, together on Sunday morning um, which was the only time we could all get together I think it was Sunday morning no no, what? No, it was sorry. Saturday morning. Saturday morning, we all headed out there uh, to do that, <clears throat> and then all went back home for naps. I think in the afternoon. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, but this this process of of uh, storing things up for later um, is something that that I don't think humans really enjoy doing. But I think people who are um, who are thoughtful and 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 forward-seeing uh, do things like this, right? <clears throat> this is kind of what the idea of education is, right? Um, learning things now that you can use in the future that will uh, improve yours or others' uh, lives, um, and so this is. This is why I think uh, people read books, uh, things like history and philosophy, right? You're storing up things in your mind and your heart uh, that you may not even understand at the time you read, but at some point it may all come together and be a, a very important breakthrough for you uh, in understanding or, or an application or, or who knows why. <clears throat> Uh, but ed education is kind of like that, you know, cutting logs. Uh, you need the logs to warm you, uh, but but you're you're actually out in the cold, uh, and you know, working up a sweat and sweating, using resources in order to process this wood so it will keep you warm when it's cold, right? Uh, that's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like education, I suppose. Uh, education at the time often does not seem beneficial at all. You know, it seems laborious and useless and meaningless and, and it seems like there's no application for it. Um, uh, specifically, I'm thinking of a lot of the, the disciplines of math, uh, 
uh, algebra and geometry and you know on and on uh, things that I never uh, did well in and didn't excel in uh, and, and maybe it's because I was not uh, forward-thinking enough I think today if I were to to try to delve into some of that I might do better um, and who knows that some of that didn't have a, a, a positive effect on me anyway. You know, it's hard to say. <clears throat> um, but I was interested in things like literature, uh, in history, um, especially things like this. Uh, and I do know that I continue to be interested in those things today. Uh, and the reading that I've done, I can honestly say, has gone a long ways to... Uh, helping me understand the world better. No one author uh, is going to have uh, the answer to all uh, the worldview problems out there. You know, what's going on with the world? Why are we here? Uh, you know, what are we supposed to be doing? Where are we going? All of those big questions that philosophy and religion attempt to uh, address. Uh, have to be addressed, you know, by a kind of a shotgun approach. This author may have an insight into this part, but have no idea on this other part. But another author may be able to to come in and give you an idea. Uh, but ultimately, I think these things have to sit in your heart for a time. There needs to be a, a gestation period where where you you kind of chew on these things uh, and come to an understanding. Uh, slowly as the different different parts of them start to sink in um, I would like to read more philosophy I haven't read a whole lot of philosophy as of late uh, I read more theology and things like this but history and theology and philosophy uh, I think go a long ways uh, in giving you uh, that that long vision that we need to appreciate uh, the discomforts that we may presently be in. Um, philosophers have understood this. I think the best theologians have understood, understood this. Uh, and certainly historians have a great perspective uh, on how, um, how education uh, pays off uh, in the end. I really don't have time to go into this next part, but I'm going to start and we'll just see where we get. So right now we're in a really weird era where a huge part of the American population has decided to not trust uh, academia, uh, science, whether it's science or philosophy uh, or even theology, and instead have chosen uh, to, to accept what uh, President Trump and, and the, the, the religious people around him are saying about reality. Uh, and I read something yesterday where it says human beings are hardwired uh, to not be able to accept things that are outside of their worldview. And this is the hardwiring takes place by the way, you know, who you're raised by, uh, what their belief systems are, what you're exposed to when you're young, uh, your your religion that you grow up in or lack thereof or whatever but all those values more or less hardwire you to, to not be able to see outside of your 
<clears throat> outside of your worldview, right? In other words, no matter no matter how many facts are placed in front of you, if those facts do not gel with the worldview that you have been hardwired to accept, you don't accept those facts, right? And so some st studies right now uh, are saying that, that the human brain is hardwired to do that, and, and it's hardwired to do this so that we can be a part of uh, tribes and families and so that we can we can be accepted so that we won't be alone right and I guess I, I can see how sorry about my nose I can see how how that um, would make a lot of sense right human beings don't do well in isolation we don't do well alone we need others to survive right? Uh, even if you're a hunter, maybe you're not a farmer. And if you're a farmer, you're no good at hunting. And uh, none of us have, have all the skills needed for survival. We need some people to worry about getting water, and we need some people to worry about medicine, and we need some people to worry about uh, uh, gathering food, and, and some people who are good at hunting. And so we work well in, in groups Right, and so we need to be accepted into these groups. And if these groups have certain beliefs, in order to to live harmoniously in these groups for survival, right, so that we can survive, because we don't survive well in isolation, then our brains uh, hardwire us to just accept accept a set of beliefs um, for our own good, right, for the survival of our lineage or, or species or whatever. So that's kind of the phenomenon that, that happens with religion. Religion gives you a set of values and you're raised in this, this religion from a very young age. And so even when science comes and says, you know, things like, well, global warming is a fact or, uh, you know, this or that is good for you or bad for you, your religion will blind you from the truth of those facts. Right, your religion or your your worldview. Worldview is a much better way to say it. I think your your hermeneutic is another way. That that's just how humans are hardwired, uh, so that we can be a part of a bigger group to facilitate our long term survival. Right. Fascinating stuff. <clears throat> Thing is, if we know this to be true, if we can accept this, then as humans, I think we can choose uh, to uh, to go another way, right? Um, I don't I don't know how it happened with me. I can't tell you how I got out of the religious mindset. It didn't happen overnight. Uh, I have it. I have a feeling it has something to do with the uh, humble, open-mindedness of my own father in certain ways. So that my worldview predisposed <coughs> predisposed me to accept or to be open-minded about <clears throat> certain views that that are against uh, my religion. I don't mean all views. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm still a believer in Christ, uh, and I still read the Bible. Um, and it could be that my dad always had a, I'm just going to say a healthy 
suspicion of other religious people. He was quite critical of other religious people. Uh, he never, he never, he was ne never a guy to just uh, accept the party line on anything, right? On any issue, he took issues as they came, uh, and I think this this made him, in some ways, a very balanced human being, uh, able to see issues as they come and not just accept them uh, because of the political party he may or may not, you know, have been a part of. Um, he. I think he saw himself uh, as a citizen uh, of the kingdom first, and an American, and an American uh, second, right? Um, <clears throat> this is not a popular view with a lot of people these days, right? Uh, Americanism, the religion of Americanism is, is quite uh, prominent these days. Uh, it's out there. It's in your face, right? Um, I, I'm not going to say we're back to the McCarthyism days, but we're close. You know, I don't know if it can ever be that bad again where people were just called communists and they lost everything based on an accusation. But I think we could get close. Uh, the lines are so blurred between Americanism and Christianity uh, as to be insignificant. They're really one and the same. Uh, I guess I'll say evangelicalism and sometimes fundamentalism uh, relies more on America and what America is doing and what America wants of you and the ideals of America. They rely, rely more on that than they do Jesus. And in fact, everything in the Bible that Jesus says, uh, or other things said in the Bible, uh, are filtered through Americanism and and co-opted uh, or hijacked, right? The ideas of Jesus are hijacked to serve uh, America and uh, the war machine in so many ways. Uh, and and this is horrible, right? This is a complete uh, travesty, um, a miscarriage. Uh, of biblical knowledge uh, and this is happening everywhere so I if you're if you're a parent I think one of the best things you can do is teach your children to be open-minded really Te teach them to be open-minded yes teach them about Jesus teach them the love of Jesus uh, teach them that Jesus loves them and is and has saved them and and all the good things uh, but but be really, really careful uh, about your filters and how you will change the Bible to serve other needs that are, that are not Jesus' agenda of salvation and reconciliation, peace and love, uh, but rather becomes uh, America's agenda of self-preservation and domination. Um, so this is a real danger, and yes, maybe maybe I was predisposed to be a little bit more open-minded than some people about these things. My dad was a pacifist. He he refused to uh, to kill in in the Vietnam War. He was drafted, and yet he uh, he registered as a conscientious objector, and then they ended up not taking him anyway. 
Um, he would have gone, he says, as a medic or, or you know, some other non-combat uh, role. But eventually they didn't take him regardless. Uh, but I was raised knowing this, knowing that my dad refused to fight in the war, and that had a huge effect on me. <clears throat> we had no, we didn't grow up with any uh, overblown uh, m military uh, pride in my family. Um, now it's it's come in since, you know, I have. Uh, I have sisters who've married people who are very, uh, very much into that stuff, and I have a feeling that they, they buy into a lot of that. And that saddens me. <laughs> that saddens me, but it is what it is. Uh, I think Jesus is going to save everybody anyway, and so I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Keep doing what I can, and hopefully... Uh, Jesus will continue to, to reveal himself to them just as he is to me and and, uh, <clears throat> and that we will all grow in, in knowledge of him. So yeah, this has been kind of a shotgun approach uh, podcast, uh, but I guess to wrap it all up, uh, my advice to you is to find ways to open your mind uh, to Christ um, and let him uh, shed light on on your worldview and which things can be adjusted to be more in line with him uh, <clears throat> all of our lenses uh, need to be cleaned uh, and even from time to time uh, so thank you guys for listening I'm running just a little late so I'm not going to have as much time to wrap this up as usual lots of road construction on the roads this, this, this fine day but you guys have a great day and uh, yeah I uh, hope there's something in this podcast that you were able to to get and to take home with you thanks a lot bye bye <laughs>